Today our focus is on the story of Absalom challenging his father David. This is from 2 Samuel chapter 15, and my theory is that this sad story would never have happened if David had taken some kind of action against Amnon, the older brother, who raped the sister of Absalom, Tamar. Uh, I think that had David disciplined his son Amnon, I doubt that Absalom would ever have uh, revolted and tried to usurp the throne. But let's read the story, and uh, it's a fascinating story from 2 Samuel chapter 15. After this, Absalom got himself a chariot of horses and 50 men to run ahead of him. Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the road into the gate. And when anyone brought a suit before the king for judgment, Absalom would call out and say, From what city are you? When the person said, Your servant is of such and such a tribe in Israel, Absalom would say, See, your claims are good and right, but there is no one deputed by the king to hear you. Absalom said, moreover, Absalom said, moreover, if only I were judge in the land, then all who had a suit or cause might come to me, and I would give them justice. Whenever people came near to do obeisance to him, he would put out his hand and take hold of them and kiss them. Thus Absalom did to every Israelite who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the people of Israel. At the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow that I have made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow while I lived at Geshur in Aram. If the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will worship the Lord in Hebron. The king said to him, Go in peace. So he got up and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then shout, Absalom has become king at Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They were invited guests, and they went in their innocence, knowing nothing of the matter. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel the Gileanite, the Gileanite, David's counselor from his city, Gilo. The conspiracy grew in strength, and the people with Absalom kept increasing. A messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the Israelites have gone after Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him at Jerusalem, Get up, let us flee or there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Hurry, or he will overtake us and bring disaster down upon us and attack the city with the edge of the sword. The king's officials said to the king, Your servants are ready to do whatever our lord the king decides. So the king left, followed by all his household, except ten concubines, whom he left behind to look after the house. The king left, followed by all the people, and they stopped at the last house. All his officials passed by him, and all the Cherethites 
and all the Pelethites and all the 600 Gittites who had followed him from Gath passed on before the king. Then the king said to Atai, the Gittite, Why are you also coming with us? Go back and stay with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your home. You came only yesterday. And shall I today make you wander about with us while I go wherever I can? Go back and take your kinsfolk with you. And may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you. But Atai answered the king, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king may be, whether for death or for life, there also your servant will be. David said to Atai, Go then, march on. So Atai the Gittite marched on with all his men and all the little ones who were with him. The whole country wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king crossed the Wadi Kidron, and all the people moved on toward the wilderness. Abiathar came up in Zadok, Zadok also, with all the Levites carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God until the people had all passed out of the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and the place where it stays. But if he says, I take no pleasure in you, here I am. Let him do to me what seems good to him. The king also said to the priest Zadok, Look, go back to the city in peace. You and Abiathar with your two sons, Ahimaaz, your son, and Jonathan, son of Abiathar. See, I will wait at the fords of the wilderness until the word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went, with his head covered and walking barefoot, and all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they went. David was told that Ahithophel was among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray you, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. When David came to the summit where God was worshipped, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat torn and, his head, and earth on his head. David said to him, If you go on with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in time past. So now I will be your servant. Then you will defeat for me the counsel of Ahithophel. The priest Zadok and Abiathar will be with you there. So whatever you hear from the king's house, tell it to the priest Zadok and Abiathar. Their two sons are with them there, Zadok's son Ahimaaz and Abiathar's son Jonathan. And by them you shall report to me everything that you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city just as Absalom was entering Jerusalem. I have some questions for reflection. 
Number one, what are your thoughts about the way Absalom conspired against his father, David? Two, do you think if David had interacted sooner and more with Absalom, Absalom might not have revolted? Three, why do you think David leaves Jerusalem even though the number of people who support Absalom is not that great? Four, David still has an army. Why do you think David leaves the city without fighting Absalom? Five, Absalom has no history of leading an army. He doesn't have an army. Why do you think David does not stay to fight Absalom? Six, what do you think would have happened if David had stayed and fought Absalom? Do you think David is concerned that he and his men would kill Absalom? Do you think his departure is really his way of trying to save Absalom? What are your thoughts about David sending a spy to confound the wisdom and advice that is being offered to Absalom? And finally, what lessons can we learn from David sending a spy to confuse the advice that is being provided to Absalom? I'd like to lead us in a prayer based on what we have just read. Let us pray. Lord, forgive me for my wrongs. I accept my punishment, but I also accept your grace and your mercy. Lord, I am not the best person in the world, but with your help, I promise to do more to glorify your holy name. Grant me your peace. Grant me your protection. Grant me your understanding, your forgiveness, and your direction. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ in Detroit. I thank you so much for joining me in this podcast reading of 2 Samuel chapter 15, The Revolt of Absalom Against His Father David. Tomorrow we will learn about what happens uh, when David is in the wilderness and how he ultimately fights and defeats Absalom. I thank you again so much. If you're ever in the Detroit area, please stop by my church. We're located at 600 East Warren Avenue, right at the tip top of the medical center of Detroit, the heart of Detroit, and you're certainly welcome. We worship on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning and also on Wednesdays at noon. Until tomorrow or the next time, this is Nick Hood and God bless.